One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tone Outings podcast. I am your host, James Ennard, joined by my good friend, Timmy Lamb. Hey, everyone. Isn't that a lovely, soft introduction? Mm hmm. Rowan is on the deck. Say hi, Rowan. Hi, Rowan. It's a big, loud trot over in the corner then. <laughs> <laughs> this week we've got Catherine Harford, an English lady. She is the manager of Let's Grow Together, formerly Young Naknahini. And you spoke today at a United Nations conference for the eradication of child poverty. Is that true? I wouldn't say that I was at the United Nations conference, <laughs> James. Um, I suppose I was speaking um, an, at a, an event that marks the International Day, um, a UN day, um, to mark the eradication of poverty, a worldwide initiative. And I suppose we were trying to mark it amongst our colleagues in the ABC programme um, and bring some focus on the eradication of child poverty in Ireland. Mm. So Your heart and soul is in helping children from tough backgrounds or going through difficulty. Would you prefer to say that? I suppose so. I'm pretty committed and pretty passionate about it. And I suppose I've been working and crossing the bridge over to Nocknahini for the last 14 years. And, um, you know, it's such a fantastic area to work and a community. And it's a total privilege to actually be here every day. Um, but you can see the challenges as well as the positives. And I just like to think that all children, no matter where they're from, um, no matter what their background, has the best opportunity they can to live their best life, to live mm. their full life. Mm. And uh, I suppose it sometimes, uh, when you see that there is inequality mm. from the ch- point that children are born. That is the thing that I suppose motivates me and asks me, I suppose, to challenge some of that and do the best I can um, with my work what, to address that. What kind of points did you touch on in your speech today? today? Um, well, I was working, I gave a presentation with another, we work in part, as part of a national programme, which I can tell you about later, um, talking about some of the ways that we've understood child poverty in the area that we're working in. Mm. And I suppose child poverty is a big word to give small children, you know? Mm. So what we're really talking about is trying to understand children's lives, their everyday interactions, um, the places they go, the things that they see, and also asking children themselves about their lives. They're well able to tell you what they need We've asked children what babies need to grow and to be happy. Mm. And they're able to tell you that themselves. So it's about including the voice of children um, in our work and trying to make sure that children and their parents are included in how we do our work. So we're just bringing attention to some of that today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your organisation, Let's Grow Together, it grew out of Young Naknini. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Young Naknahini, what it is, how it came about? Yeah, so um, back in 2011, 2012, a while ago now. Coming to the end of my addiction. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, um, yeah, I suppose there was a lot of people working in the area. You know yourself, there's some good people here yeah. doing really good work um, across lots of different services and sectors and we as a group of different practitioners working with the community are trying to do the best we can but I suppose sometimes feeling you're 
part of the cycle, I suppose, and not seeing the impact of your work. Um, and then at about that time, you know, the crash happened as well. So there was a real sort of challenge on services. So we started to kind of look together and see what could we do differently, what needed to be done to change some of the outcomes and to give children a better start because we know at that point, you know, the younger and earlier in the life cycle you can support children, mm. the better the outcomes in the long term. So we just started looking amongst ourselves what was already here, what we could build on, and we started to look elsewhere, what was happening around the country and internationally and looking at, you know, everything from the evidence and the science mm. to what actually was going on in practice elsewhere and you know, build a programme. We were looking around. Who's, yeah, who's literally. We? Yeah. Like, is, yeah. Did, did you like have an idea and then you made a proposal to get funding? Like, how does yeah. one start? That's an what we did. Yeah, I suppose mm. we were talking to each other to start with. So, um, you know, I was I was the manager of Niche at the time, a yeah. community organisation in Knockneheny as well. We were talking to the schools, the preschools, um, school completion program, uh, the health services the family support services, you know, Tusla and the HSE, and we kind of worked together um, and we built relationships amongst ourselves and we asked the community as well in lots of different ways and asked them to kind of join with us at different stages. So, and then we invited other speakers like you do, you know, yeah. you try to bring people in and to um, look at what they're doing and see what inspires you to do something like that as well. And it was about then talking to politicians, putting together plans, making applications and being very ready for what did come eventually was um, the area-based childhood programme. So we applied to be part of that mm. and that's what got accepted. Yeah. The reason I ask is because some people might not understand like how you actually, if you have an idea for something, how do you actually go about doing it? You need to do your feasibility study, you, you need to yeah. do your qualitative and yeah. quantitative, get your stats and statistics, yeah. uh, figures, speak with the stakeholders, the groups already in the area, you know, you and then you come up with a proposal and then you go for grants and funding yeah. applications and, yeah. and that's how something <laughs> happens. It's not like I have an idea, I need money and to make it happen. There's a whole yeah. process mm. behind all of that, you know. There can is, you, yeah. Can you tell us a few areas that <coughs> can really improve a child's development that you actually use above um, in well, the centre? Well, I suppose ab above anything else, children, I suppose, develop, thrive in the relationships with other people. So, it, so we need to think about their relationships. It's the relationships that... Um, where they feel a sense of love, security, safety, where they're responded to, um, where they um, are, they feel the love and care yeah. and attention and that it's consistent and positive, I suppose, and takes their lead, that children need opportunities to play and they need space um, to... to to be heard and to be listened to and responded to. So if you think about that, first of all, um, so the child isn't on their own, they're not developing on their own, you know? So they need their parents or their main caregivers to offer that first bit of support, you know? Um, so in our programme, on, on top of what's already happening in the community and what's already happening in other services, we provide a little range of services um, from the pre-birth period, so from pregnancy, um, to provide opportunities for parents to think about their relationship with their baby and their young child, and for us to kind of strengthen and support that. Um, and we do that in the home, so we come to people's homes, which is just yeah. amazing, um, because that's, you know, we've got to think about where children are at in their everyday lives. They're not in clinics, they're in, they're in their homes, they're in their community, um, and they're in preschools and schools. These are the kind of general places. So we need to be there supporting their relationships. The next thing we do is group work. So 
all the kind of typical parent and toddler groups that you would think about. This is the place where parents meet each other, they get support from each other, babies interact with each other. You get a lot of kind of reinforcement from that as well. Mm. And they're the kind of things we do at that very early stage, you know, and supporting language development through play and interaction and kind of noticing the interactions between parents and babies or caregivers and babies and and infants and building on what they're already doing. It's not for me to, or us to judge, Mm. do you know? Do you know all the things I talked about kind of attachment and all of that, we all do that differently. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, I've got to tell you, there's no such thing as a perfect parent, (laughs) is there? No, no, even um, as you, like, what was sticking out to me there is where you really, really could um, help is, you know, young mothers that have kids at a young age, 17, 18 or whatever, do they come to you or do you go to them or do you, yeah. do, does someone say, listen, this is a young mother, she's just after having a child, yeah. maybe we should give her a visit or, you know, does, that, does it work like that or... Yeah, I suppose um, I suppose we're more community-based organisation. I think that's important as well. So within the when we're working across the northwest area of the city, roughly. So it's not just Nockmahini, and it's not just for families in crisis as well. Mm. I think that's really important for people to know. People can sign up to our programmes themselves. They don't have to be referred by another organisation. Mm. It's just like me, where I live on the south side, when I had my babies. I signed up to the local parent and toddler group. I got the lactation consultant in. You know, I bought all the books. These are the things that you kind of... There's an opportunity there, you know, when you're having children. And I just want to make sure that parents here have that opportunity as well, you know. And so we built all that, because some of it wasn't all there before Mm. young Nokmahini. So you... um, so we're just kind of making sure that these things are available all the time. They're really positive. Anyone can join. And it's not just the mothers either, yeah. you know. It's um, the fathers are really important too. Um, and that's Do you have some, much buy-in from the fathers? Some. Yeah. And we need more. So yeah. you two can uh, give that a shout out locally. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's really important, you know. Yeah. Because coming from my own background where I had no male figure in my life growing up. Yeah. Uh, there was no father figure. There was times where I really would struggle, like, and I'd question myself, how do, what, what does a father do here? Like, what does he do? You know, so, like, if you have something like your organisation there to help fathers yeah. like that in those situations, yeah. you know, how to be a father, how to love a child, how to yeah. care for him, I think it's fantastic. And it's not to judge that perhaps dads don't always Mm. know how to or have the confidence to or know what their role is. We're all set up a bit like that. You know, there are there have been gendered roles, you know, Mm. and also if there's difficulty in the relationship with the with the with mum or other people in the family, it does make it difficult, Mm. you know. But, you know, I was asking talking earlier about children and they're what's important to them something I did speak about today we asked children about what's important to them you know and one of the children drew this most beautiful picture of them and their dad and you know and they were dreaming of babies there was two babies Mm. inside (laughs) the picture Um, and it was just you know, so many children, you know, there is difficulty in relationships, but I think if you think about it from a child perspective, or a child's view, it doesn't, there are lots of people in children's lives, you know, and they're all important. And sometimes we focus on that primary, the first caregiver, but we've got to think about everybody else, even if they're in, if there's difficulties or there's you know, separation or whatever, they're still important to children and yeah. we have to acknowledge that, you know. And the child will also want to get love from the parent that's not giving them enough of love. Yeah. You know, they'll all, they'll 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 seek after more love from that parent, say if the father's not around enough, they will seek more of love from him than they probably will the mother who's there all the Just time. doing all the hard work. You know? <laughs> mm. yeah. So um yeah, yeah that's I think really it's, interesting, yeah. Yeah. 
What, so, what, what about um? Do you know when you started out? Did it did it take time for the community to buy into it, or was people was the demand for the service and you just provided it, and they came? Do you know what I remember when we got our first? When I say got, that's a terrible kind of way of saying it. But when the first parent that we had signed up with us and they were pregnant, I just remember it. You know, it's like, how are we going to let people know we're here Mm. and we're ready to go kind of thing, you know? But um, more recently, we've, you know, through all sorts of different ways, Facebook and all the rest of it, parents are seeking us out. Mm. And I think that's the biggest credit of all. Nobody's told them to come to us, only their sister or their mum or whoever. And I think that is the rewarding bit you know mm. we've got to the point now where people are coming themselves mm. and um I, so that's really important and also other services do tell people about us yeah. you know um, but word of mouth is the strongest because it really it, is it just it just it's all about based on your reputation yeah. if you have a good reputation word of mouth you know will, yeah. will travel as, yeah. if you have a bad reputation word of mouth will go around too yeah. but and they won't come in the doors but another thing I wanted to ask you as well was if it's not just for families in crisis. So, like, when I'm thinking now, like, we took in the baby, we fostered the baby for a few months, the hardest thing now ever. But it got, it got me thinking, like, how do fucking people manage with babies? Mm. And, like, you, like, I don't want to drink or take drugs, and you know, I'm kind of sensible out, and mm. I found it very difficult. Um, but babies arrive with no manual. No, you don't get trained or anything like that. Yeah. And people are expected to just be able to manage, but it can be very difficult. So you don't have to have social workers involved in your life or addiction services mm-hmm. or anything like that. You can be a regular person with a job and a husband and all these things, or a wife, and still need support with the baby. There's two things I suppose I really want to say about that is, do you know people talk about it being the hardest job you'll ever do in your life? And there's something quite overwhelming about it, mm. do you know? I, I, I think you've felt that. Like if you're holding that. a baby, like, I just, just so fragile, Yeah, of you know? course, yeah. It's like, what do I do with this small person? <laughs> and they're not as fragile as you think either, do yeah. you know? They have amazing capacity. Like, you know, we spoke to Kevin Nugent that time. Yeah, that's you know, right, yeah. And, you know, the other kind of brain scientists and psychologists, like, they really teach yeah. us the capacity of that little baby. It's just mm-hmm. incredible. And I suppose, I think it's to remember remember that bit as well. Um, but they don't come with a manual, no. you know. And also, we were children once too. So our experience of how we were parented comes into it as well. Mm. So for some people, it can be a bit kind of overwhelming, you know. Um, and I think as well, it can be a bit stressful. And that's totally normal. Mm. Um but for some people, the stress is more present than for others. Perhaps they don't have the family support. You know, this whole area of the city is changing dramatically. Do you know, we, we work with people um, whose backgrounds are from all over the world and, and others who have never left the area, do yeah. you know, from the area. So um that kind of diversity is really um significant so lots of people perhaps don't have the social networks yeah they might have housing issues they might have income issues we have to make as programs and as governments and politicians and all the rest of it and services we need to make it as easy as possible to for parents to inter- to to just be parents with their babies otherwise i suppose all of those bigger things kind of stack up against you and Mm. i think we just have to make it as easy as possible and remove as many of those barriers as possible because toxic you don't want toxic stress like Mm. stress is normal do you know we all Mm. have to learn to live with stress in one way or another but when it's really stacked up against parents at one of the most vulnerable points in their life when they they're a new parent Mm. with a baby um, you know, it, this is the point that we've got to make it as easy as possible. I think should know? there not should there not be some more um, education around these kind of things to teach parents, you know, and and what's going through my head is, is I'm trying to think of how you'd be able to teach people like you're bringing a life into this world, 
you want to be able to give them the, the best life they can possibly have but that starts the minute they're born or even beforehand when they're actually inside yeah. the womb because if the if the, the female is is going through any kind of stress in her life it can it's it's no no that that can actually affect a child you know and even when the child is born if it's if there's a lot of whatever in the family home violence or screaming and shouting these things as well can affect the child you know should we not be educating young mothers and everybody in total that by a child in these situations have, having a child in these situations it can really really affect yeah. them in their adult life I think that's difficult because I think we shouldn't really judge people we shouldn't mm. make it harder than it already is you know and the other thing to remember I think is really important what I've learned from all of the experts is that that concept you know that idea of like rupture and repair like it's all right to make mistakes you know mm. this is how children learn to cope with the world around them to to um deal with the ups and downs of life if they see you making mistakes or and but you've come back and you've tried to work it out or to come back to that relationship they'll then be the adults that can do that themselves and they do it from a safe place where it's safe to make mistakes. They can explore the world. They can take risks healthily. Um, you know, they can go out there. They can cope with difficulties because they've seen um, the mistakes. Of, they've learned from others. Mm. And again, you know, it's not about perfection mm. here at all. I think that's I think that's so important. Mm. Um and we just build on the strengths. There's there's strengths everywhere. Mm. Do you know? I don't I don't think we need to load it on any more than it's already there. Mm. And I think that yes, we can give information. And you know, we've all been doing things in certain ways. You can open your eyes to a little bit more, and then you just make subtle changes. It's not about big changes. Um, and I think that's what our program can do. Is just offer maybe an insight into perhaps adding to what you're already doing and mm -hmm. make you know building on that so um and and on timmy's point there you know if a, a baby or a child has had lots of adverse childhood experiences like traumas with timmy was talking about violence yeah. and all these other things can did the harm be reversed by engaging in a program like what you're working on yeah yeah yeah, again, just thinking about the capacities, you know, just thinking about the possibilities. Think If you go back to the brain and the possibilities, I'm not the expert. You need, you, you'll you bring the experts mm. in and, and talk about that. Might get on to Kevin. Yeah, you should. Come on, actually. Yeah, and there's so many great people out there that can kind of reassure about that. And I think, I, I just think it's... Um, there is There is always, you know, children are growing and developing... And there's there's pieces along the way that we need to do at all stages of their life. You know, I've focused on the earlier years, but yeah. actually, you know, children need support all the way along mm. um, in, into early adulthood, I think. Um, and and they can be quite resilient too. Like so kids resilient. like that have experienced, if there was you no know, domestic violence and if... The baby is there. They don't know what's going on, but yeah, they get the yeah, the energy yeah. that mommy yeah. is hurt or daddy is hurt, yeah. and there's like. But if they can somehow fix that, the baby can still go on and thrive. Of course, it, it and it's you, not destroyed or anything you, like that. And you see it every day. It is really important that we have the information about adverse childhood experiences. I I think it is really important, and it has opened up people's eyes, and also the way that kind of comes into i suppose trauma and yeah. being trauma informed but again i think that and we look at that quite an individual level generally we take that information and we think what can i do to reduce the trauma or how can i address the mm. adversity for the child one, one criticism of the aces theory is it's very much down to the individual and the family yeah not taking into account you know structural forces societal yeah. forces mm. poverty and inequality and if you read any of the literature, you're the reader, James, 
if you read any of that, any of the stuff around ACES or uh, the neuroscience or um, the trauma, it talks about systems, societies and cultures. Um, it talks about traumatised systems and having to address those. So for me, again, it goes back to the point that we're talking about at the beginning about child poverty. We need to address the systems and and that's where yeah. the causes of tra the, the systems trauma we need to address that we need to work together and i think this whole area where we're working you know we really try hard to work together across the different systems you know different services the health services the education services ourselves with the community because it's at that level that things you know it's all the bits that come in around the children and the family they're the things that really buffer all of the aces that takes you're talking a village about. Take, it really does yeah. and and if you don't have that village inside your house i i heard a lovely quote there recently i think it was lisa cherry she said children need as many healthy relationships as they can get their hands on so we talk about the one good adult mm. you know and that that's an important idea but actually they need they need it everywhere they go you yeah. know yeah. um so another big part of what we do is what we call capacity building training and education and skills development for other service providers so we do all that direct service work in the community with families but we yeah. also do a lot of training and education, support, reflective practice, skills development with... Like childcare services. Yeah, and schools and all the ones I've mentioned before, healthcare yeah. services, you know. So, young Naknihini became Let's Grow Together and you had your launch a couple of months ago and yeah. it was hosted by a couple of studs from around here. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, that's why we had so many people tuned in. <laughs> well, we had the honour of uh, hosting the launch yeah. in where you had some great psychologists and professionals and, and the keynote speech from Antishok Michal Martin. Yeah. That was a very proud moment for you. It was a really proud moment for me. I suppose Young Nokmahini was a programme under another organisation and Let's Grow Together turned that into an organisation of itself. And it widened the area, our reach of our pro of our work, which is amazing. Um, and you know, we're a little, we're a company now, mm -hmm. so that brings a whole level of responsibility. But I suppose one thing I was very proud of was asking you two to host it. Do you know? Because it was in your first year of doing the mm -hmm. podcast as well. And, and it was one of the biggest things for me and James as well to be no asked way. to do that because. <laughs> We are from the area, we grew up in this area, and to be asked to do something like that for the young people of Nakhnaini is a privilege. Yeah, totally, and there's so much great work mm. that goes on, plus I know you from, we're, we're on a board of a charity yeah. together, so, uh, but I was familiar with the work, and so many families get help through it. Yeah. And uh, so it was a real honour for us to host it. And it went well. And did it? It did. It really did. It was and, tough. You know, during it was all... COVID, you know, online, yeah. it would have been great to do it in person. But, yeah. Um, yeah. but I suppose I was pleased to be able to ask you to, for exactly the reasons that you said, there's no point in me doing all the talking, you know? Yeah. Like, it's better that it comes from the community and, you know, you have the lived experience and you're from the area and you know everybody. Mm. So, do you know... I just, I think it's important that as a, as a community organisation that we commit to doing things in that way, you know? Yeah. I think um, the name that you chose as well is perfect. Let's grow together. You know, it means an awful lot. It's, and it's broader as well, you know, than yeah. the, the young Loch Nene. Yeah. No, it can be branched into anywhere you want to go. But yeah. I, I think we spoke about that yeah. before. And for me as well, it's a learning I've learned, I learn and we're not perfect and we make mistakes too. Mm. And I think, you know, it's called Let's Grow Together Infant and Childhood Partnerships. So it's just all of that bit around the child and we're all learning and growing together. Do you know, the parents, the services, we're all, we're all in that space, do you know? Do you know what um, it reminds me of that, the, the name, you know, when we spoke with Gabo Mata, he spoke about uh, 
trauma doesn't begin with any one person but at the same time so nobody is to blame but at the same time we all have to take responsibility for it so let's all heal together yeah. so it's it's kind of in line with that it's like let, it's let's really not nice. start pointing fingers let's all come together and you know support each other and yeah. i think that's kind of the, the title of the organization encompasses yeah. kind of what he said as well yeah it's yeah. also my understanding that by changing by really giving kids every opportunity and children every opportunity when they're young and giving good development skills that's how we're actually going to change our societies in the future yeah you know around crime and drug addiction and all these other areas that is my understanding that we if we if we help kids at the really young age and help them to develop well where they can really um start feeling their the emotions and 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 stuff like that when they get older they may not need to be going on using alcohol or yeah. drugs or gambling or sex addiction or any of these other things you know and 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 that's where my head is you know from my own experiences as well you know it wasn't until i started really sitting with my own emotions that I started to understand myself, you know, mm-hmm. because I didn't have all these skills growing up. I didn't have, there wasn't a young Nakhnehini there or, the he- or yeah. a healthy adult there to help yeah. me, but I think yeah. your work is, is, is the game changer if more people can see that. And I suppose that what you've just described is the essence mm-hmm. and you've talked about it in your own way with your own experience and that lines up with all of the evidence like we know that like let's grow together is a prevention and early intervention program and we know you can intervene at any point you know but Mm. the later you leave it the bigger the difficulties and you know i think you've talked in the past about being in prison and not having even language or words or being Mm. able to read or whatever Mm. the cost of that to you individually and then to the society, you know, mm. is, and we see that, we see that in our, we know that in prison populations, there's so many people who have communication difficulties. Mm. Well, why don't we do something about that at childhood, mm. you know, to support language development, communication development? Let's not wait till somebody is in prison where they're being identified with these difficulties at that point. Mm. And I suppose, the other thing to say is let's grow together as part of a national area-based childhood program. That's where we're core funded and it comes through TUSLA, the Child and Family Agency. Mm. And um, there is a real, we, we shouldn't take away from all of the other services along the kind of, yeah. you know, the primary services and the secondary, and ter- they're all really important, but we really should have a broad base of prevention and early intervention approaches across the country you know and there's great work happening out there all, all over the place you wanna, you know? kind of like, most of the people that listen to this podcast are actually in dublin would you believe that are they? only 10 percent of the people, people? That, only 10 percent of the people that listen to the podcast are in Cork, and 42 percent are in dublin so hi everybody in dublin <laughs> but would people listen to us all over ireland and beyond but i suppose within ireland can you identify some similar organisations around? I, I presume like you're part of like a national, you know, committee that comes together every quarter yeah. or something. Yeah, we're part of this area-based childhood program, yeah. which is also part of the wider Tusla, um, what's called PPFS program, which is the Prevention Partnership and Family Support program, and the, the area-based childhood program. You know, there's. There's one in Talla. There's quite a few in Dublin, actually. Mm. Ballymun, Finglas. Um, is, uh, is there one everywhere in every county? No. Should there be one in every of county? Of course, I'm going to say there should. Is there one in the south side here? No, but I suppose the approach that we take, you know, the kind of capacity building bit. Mm. So we do reach beyond our little mm. area by working with others and all of that. But there does, I I think we need to make some choices here about what we want and how we do it. And that's not to say that all prevention and early intervention happens through the ABC programme, because it doesn't. There's loads of great practice happening all around the country, do you know? But we do need to kind of bring it together a bit, you know, so it's seen as normal. So it's not just the babies and families you bring into your centre. 
you train organisations all over city and county yeah. so they can deliver the service in their own locality. Yeah. So in essence, you're kind of out county-wide. Yeah. And the best thing about that is then you're leaving the skills and the knowledge with other people. You don't have to have any... You don't have to be there, do you know? Yeah. So that's that's a really good long-term investment, really. Yeah. Can we um, go back to Catherine, <laughs> the individual? Yeah. How did you end up getting into this work? Obviously, you're, you have an English accent. Do you want to tell us about where you're from, where you yeah. grew up, and how you got into the line of work? Uh, I'm from a little town in the west of England, and my family, some of half of my family are Irish. and The best wh- half. Oh, it has to be. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, I suppose my, I've got a bit of a personal journey, I suppose, uh, to tell you about, which resonates with some of the stuff you you talk about. I left school pretty early. Do you know, mm. I was 16. And over there, we have the equivalent of, say, the junior cert. And yeah. I um, had very little. I came away with very little. And I went off to, like, a further education college. Yeah. But I couldn't settle into it and I tried lots of different education things and I I didn't know how to concentrate I didn't know what the purpose of it was I I actually didn't know what the word revision meant Mm -hmm. I I didn't understand these kind of concepts at all and um, so I kind of drifted around a bit but then I started working in I suppose you call them very menial jobs but I think they're the most worthwhile um, person building jobs yeah. ever do you know like I was working I've worked in hotels bars restaurants I've worked in factories I've worked in nursing homes um I've worked in horse riding stables do you know yeah. what I mean it's yeah. a little bit of everything and like that and you just meet people from all around the world from different places and it starts to open your kind of mind a little bit you know um and some of that I I just I came to Ireland when I was 21 so it's a long time mm. I've been here 25 years now pretty much and I found I was able to find a way back into education here yeah. which was not available to me previously and I had a really good experience here of being in education as a mature student and through the access programs and stuff like that so I did a little access program in a little college, really basic now, mm. but I finished it. And that was for me the start of kind of getting back into education. Um, and then I went and did a degree in UL. And the reason I accepted that one was because they interviewed me and I, I failed the entrance into another university that I won't name and I was offered Cork actually but I took Limerick and um, that was great and then I started working in homeless services way out of my depth Mm. but thought it was something I was interested in and also you see the crisis end of things there you Mm. know but I knew I wanted to do something in the area so I did a master's in community development in Galway and it was brilliant for setting me up for work I have to say um and from there I got a job with the HSC the community work department in Cork that put me in Knockmahini um so you did you did a good old journey to it <laughs> I was I was working slogging it out for 10 years before yeah. I did anything else but do you we, know we did a live podcast at the weekend up in Liston Vale with yeah. Dr Katrina O'Sullivan but uh very tough background now, but how she started out, she's a lecturer in Minot University. Um, she did a bachelor's degree and a PhD in Trinity College Dublin, very posh. Very. But she started out in the access programme, like herself, yeah. a little introduction yeah. course, got a little bit of a confidence, went for a degree, you know, and just built on it. Yeah. But it's just, um, myself and Timmy, we did PLC courses, three, fours and fives and sixes, now Timmy did, mm. but they set you up, don't they? They do, and like just one step at a time, one small little bit, and finish it. Find mm. a way to finish it, mm. and it will make you feel better, do you know. And I think the PLC course, I that was definitely a PLC course that I didn't finish at one point because I remember all of that. Yeah. But 
they're, they're really practical, they're accessible, and there's the people around that are really committed to it, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you said a while ago you found it easier to get back into education in Ireland and England. What was the differences? Honestly, it's just relationships, really. I think there's a human face to everything mm. in Ireland, which you don't have in England. And just because it's so big, I wouldn't have known who to turn to, who to ask. You're one, you're one of millions. I, I think here, you know, I met somebody. I think it was in the social welfare office or something. She just said to me, "This is how you do it. This is how you go about it." And I'm gonna put you in touch with such and such. And it was that kind of personal, yeah, touch and approach. And I think. I suppose I'm still here, aren't I? You yeah. know, twenty five years later. Saying, like, um, every interaction is you know, is an yeah. intervention. Yeah. And you never know, like when you pull somebody or you give them a bit of information or a bit of guidance, a bit of yeah. signposting, you never know what could come of it. Yeah. And you know, like that's all it took yeah. down when, But you know. like we see it in Cork, don't we? Um and you talk about the audience in Dublin, but like the program there there is supports out there for people, isn't there? Do you know, and the access yeah. programs are really good. I mm. think here. Yeah, we should be getting funded by them at the moment because we give them a lot of promotion on this podcast. <laughs> well, there you go. Here's another one. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but they are great, yeah. and they worked for me, Timmy, and you. Mm. Yeah. Ron went to private college, so we leave him off. So. I think. <laughs> I think you're right, though. It, it is very face to face. You know, you do get a lot of help. There's there's a lot of different people in different areas of education that will put you on to the next level or show you how to get yeah. on to the next level yeah that was my experience it was just from saint john's yeah i had a guidance counselor that went through the whole susie process with me for the third level stuff you know i couldn't fill out an application at the time so i had to go into the cork alliance and sheila fill, filled out my application yeah. for me um, and it was sent back about four times they sent it back looking for new information because i would have been gone off the fair I, I wasn't yeah. in society for a few years and I didn't want to tell them where I was because I thought it would affect my chances of getting to the, mm. the college you know um, but in, in the end I just had to tell them she was we just have to tell them and, yeah. and when I told them that then it was like oh yeah. you know <laughs> like yeah. it was just here you know and um, but it, it, it definitely is very important to have that face-to-face interaction in all forms of society for everything you know it's something that we since covid we don't have it very much because of zoom and, and i hate zoom meetings i hate yeah. anything that's not like this yeah. one two three four people sitting in a room it's just a different energy it's a different communication yeah. and i just love this um kind of interaction and just bringing it back to our work as well, do you know, in homes with people, you know, just all normal everyday life. But I suppose all that form filling that goes on and things like these are these are systems and processes that we need to find easier ways. Like every time you go to one service, you shouldn't have to repeat your whole story or your whole you have to fill out another form and all of that. Yeah. You know, there's a lot there's a lot of that going on. And we need to make these things as easy and as accessible as possible. Yeah. You know, it's very daunting, all of those things. In the the addiction homeless services, they have this case management kind of piece that kind of, like if I'm working in homeless services and Timmy comes into me, we'll fill out this uh, case management, this little booklet with Timmy's details on it. And then if he goes to your addiction service or homeless service, it follows him so you don't have to ask him all the exact same yeah, stuff thank goodness so yeah. something like that kind of integrated yeah. across all community. You need, we, we need that for children's services as well like there is things around um gdpr and all of that but gdpr shouldn't get in the way of good you're allowed to share good interagency working if it's, and if it's all of part that. of like of course if it's necessary so yeah, yeah. people be afraid of gdpr they shouldn't be but they shouldn't be because like you can disclose some information if you have their consent and it's in their interest and it's part of your key work and our case management piece. Yeah, totally. So I think something like that could really work in your field. Yeah. If we go back to the organisation, you're moving into a new building. Oh, yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about where that is? And we're moving, we are two buildings. So one of them is up in the meadows, you know, behind the water tower. Yeah. The iconic water tower. The reservoir, and, uh, which is our logo. Yeah. And uh, 
And did you see the launch? One of the kids did a picture That's right, did it, yeah. of it, and yeah. it was it was just brilliant. But anyway, we're we're in there. Um, so Tua Housing have been building in partnership with the council um, an enormous estate. Actually, there's loads of houses up there, and there's one little community centre in there, and we're moving into there very shortly. And um, so we're really looking forward to kind of delivering a lot of our mm. programs yeah. face to face in there so we'll have our parent and toddler groups and our drop-ins for our babies and all of that will happen mm. in there so it'd be kind of a bit of a open door that's your own but that's year building then well we're we're to, you, a, you, to yeah. own it yeah we're you won't be using like it. just lodging anywhere else no. anymore you have your own place and that's we, great we've been a lodger for a long time yeah. do you know we don't yeah. really have our own premises and the other place we're moving into is um you know dr george's old surgery yeah 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 thanks so much you know to the council that that they own that building and we're going to be moving in there soon as well so that'll be our little hub yeah do you know that's um, great that's great the so. empire expands Catherine. oh i don't know about that <laughs> But, you know, I suppose it's just working with others, really, yeah. to kind of... And I just want the best, really, of for the area. You know, you can see, like I have been working here for a long time, you do see how great it is, you mm. know, and you do want the best for the area, and we want the best for the kids and families, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so if there's anything I can do to make that a little bit better with the team, and, you know, I've got to give a bit of a shout-out to them. They're just super... Yeah people you know and um there's some people working for us from the area and we have ex you know experts in their own kind of skills and things like that and uh they're really up for it you know and they're yeah. they're it's all working through relationships you know and building trust mm. and trying to respond to needs really so yeah that's it really and words and not boards now if that's there's it. anything we said yeah. timmy can ever do for you just give us a shout yeah. you, you get the dads knocking on our doors <laughs> that'd and, be great uh, yeah. and if people oh. want to contact you yeah. How did they do that? Is there a phone number? Like, like they'll or? be able to drop into the meadows soon. But the best thing to do is people send us messages, private messages on Facebook. So go to okay. the Let's Grow Together Facebook page mm. or the Instagram page. I mean, the, we have the website and it's got everyone's the team's phone numbers and all of that. Okay. But, you know, I just keep, send us a yeah, text. Yeah, and I'm we'll just going to bring you back there to one, th one, one thing <laughs> because it, I think it's very, very important because I'm thinking of my own background not having a father and going through, I have two young kids and at times not knowing how to be a father, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to behave, not knowing how to love them because of my own experiences with love. I think there's definitely men out there that are watching or listening to this and they're probably saying, geez, I feel the same way about my own kids. Um, where would they get some form of help or some indication of how they can really, really have a good relationship with their child, how they can really love their child and be there for their child and be a part of their lives. Yeah. Would you be able to give them, them for that information above? With oh, yeah, we would. Like, they can get in touch. People, anyone can get in touch with us. Grannies as well, you yeah. know. They're a big one as, yeah. as well in our yeah. community, you know. But... But fathers must feel, even if they're separated from their children, that they have a contribution to make and a value. You know, they mm. really do. And children love them, you know, and children are forgiving and they're adaptive and um, they're resilient, you know. So um, we have lots of different opportunities where we can, I suppose, give some ideas and supports about how anyone dads mums grannies whoever can um support children do you know yeah it's just about um and and, and they don't need stuff yeah. i think this is something even in play children don't need stuff toys all the rest of it of course that's nice but they need you they just want you they want interaction with you yeah. and if you just break it down to that and listen to them and respond to the to what they're saying and their cue, you know we call it cues yeah so what are they trying to tell us you mm. know um and break it down to that you know again i'm not the expert i've just seen what i've learned and yeah. from the program and from my own experiences you're talking about very similar experiences 
and I I just think we need to break it down and make it very simple do you know um and reassure people it's 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 not the stuff that kids don't have it's what you can give them and it really is your relationship with them do you know um yeah, so, so if, okay. if, if you haven't got a lot of resources all you need is to be a responsive parent yeah you know, and be yeah. responsive to the child and be there for the child yeah i contact and play and they don't want totally. to do the stuff and play when we talk about play again it's it's interacting yeah. you know it's communication um you know we do this thing and we're going off track here again now but you know we have the book giving scheme at the moment so every child who registers with us dolly parton dolly parton's imagination library yeah do you know bringing a book in letting a baby eat a book letting them see what they want to make out of the book you know you don't have to be reading the words just use the pictures just yeah. bring something simple into it. it doesn't have to be big grandiose gestures or anything like that just keep it simple yeah. and register with us mm. and the books will come and you can just yeah. play yeah. with your kiddies and we link your website and all your links your social medias in yes. the description of the video yeah. and the podcast so yeah. thanks for coming on the podcast thank you, thank you so much thank for having much. me you're very Brilliant. welcome thank you and best of luck with the new premises and everything going forward thanks and to yourselves as well thank you see you later lads thank you thanks lads ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.